Hello and welcome to the Spoil Voter Podcast, a podcast about general election 2020 and life in the 33rd Dog. Going into a meeting Printed in paper by the way And then yeah. I'd hope it's on one of those green buses I don't know what they're playing at Dang, That was a very bold move It basically looks like As if he's Minister for Housing already <laughs> Might just need to go into government To, to form a government Or they might need to facilitate they're we're, we're 50 fin- I'd, I'd say more We're Fine Gael 50, 60, 70 They seem to be delighted To be in opposition It, it just it sums them up I'm wondering All through this Is where is Micheál Martin Hello and you're very welcome To the Spoil Voter Podcast I'm, my name is Shane Brennan, and almost like rotating T-shock, I'm in the presenter's seat this week. Uh, Tyke Manali has taken my spot in the opinion hot seat, and we're joined as ever, as always, by Callum Atkinson as well. How are you, gentlemen? Not too How bad. Um, before we get into the government formation, sort of what we talked about last week and what we were sort of trying to predict the week beforehand, I'm going to start with the later leadership debate. Yes. Uh, it's been announced yesterday that Alan Kelly had his official opening, that mm-hmm. he is running for Labour leadership, and Aidan O'Riordan will run as well. He will yes. officially announce that on Friday, but it's 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 well known. He was on the radio saying it. So you were at the launch of Alan Kelly yesterday. So what do you make of this leadership race? What do we what do we expect? Um what I what I saw there yesterday when I was there, I arrived at Buswells and there was reams and reams and reams of, of Labour supporters there for, for Alan Kelly. I walked in and immediately I was I was talking to Willie Penrose, who is obviously now name dropping. Well, I mean, like he was there. He he was there, and he was openly supporting him. Like he he backed him, and he, he said something along the lines of "Labour is in his DNA," or DNA, "Labour is is his DNA." Um, but he seems to have a lot of support. Like he has uh, Jan O'Sullivan as his director of elections, and he uh, got back up from Sean Sherlock and uh, Duncan Smith, uh, both two TDs from the Labour Party, and then again, uh, O'Riordan. Uh, Aon O'Riordan has announced that he will be running and he's been nominated um, to run but he's not he's not officially launching his campaign yet I think that's happening on Friday um, Friday morning at some stage uh, but for Ali I, I thought it was I thought it was interesting um, he, he said a couple of interesting things that I thought um, I don't know how they were received outside the press conference because he said something along the lines of he said something along the lines of um, Labour are done apologising for the 2011 government um, and I don't know if, for, to me, it seemed like, I don't know if Labour ever really did apologise for the 2011 yeah. government. But, but, but here's the thing, like, he's known as AK-47. Yeah. He has, he's known as being having a, quite a brash style. And Aaron Reardon isn't exactly known for being the more temperate. Both of them have, in their own way, kind of brash styles of, of going at, of, um, of pushing their policies. And to have a bit of a history between them as well in the way that Aidan Reardon sort of did his bit to stop Alan Kelly from running for the leadership in 2016, the last time. Mm-hmm. So are we expecting, I'm looking more towards you, Callum, now, more like when we see this leadership debate going on, because they're not due to, to actually have an election until early April, I think. It's April 3rd, I think. Yeah. April 3rd. So are we expecting a lot of um, jabs and jives going at each other? And Because they're a fairly small party, in the doll terms at least, to be seen as divided. Yeah, it'll it'll be interesting to see what way it goes. But judging by uh, the the launch yesterday, Alan Kelly seems to have almost all of the big Labour people on his side, which is it, it'll be interesting if it actually does develop into a real race or a real contest between the two of them, and they do actually have substantive debates on what direction they want the party to go in, and. Uh, like like Tig was saying about uh, Alan Kelly apologising for the 2011 government, he was he outside of John Burton and Brendan Howland, he was 
the high, probably the highest profile Labour minister. And I, I, it's widely accepted that going into that coalition decimated, uh, or worse than decimated, uh, the, the Labour Party. So I think yeah, it's... And, a, and Alan Kelly was deputy leader in 2016 as well. Yeah, I, I think it's inter- it, it'd be a strange one to then put somebody who's so associated with that government as the leader of the party. I th- I think they do need I I think they need a a radical f- fresh start maybe not in, in policy terms because that is that isn't their party they're a, a center to center left party but I think they need a a radical shake up in the like the makeup of the their their high profile people like Joan Burton uh Brendan Howell and, and Alan Kelly to a certain extent have been around for years they need a fresh start well, actually, was one thing that stuck out to me yesterday was when he um, he pointed out that um, while he they had a good manifesto, people's minds were already closed to to who they were voting for. They weren't going to vote Labour. They were going to Sinn Fein or to the Social Democrats because their minds apparently were closed. That's yeah. what that's what Alan Kelly was was pointing pointing to is the reason why they did so badly in the election. Yeah, and just on that, I was listening to Aidan O'Reardon talking on. He spoke to Ivan Yates yesterday on Drive Time and News Talk. Mm-hmm. And I was listening to that this morning and he his platform seemed to be, you know, um, we're the party of the left. And he was saying how even in his constituencies there are people, I like you, but I'm not voting you because of Labour. So you, so you were saying earlier, Ty, that Alan Kelly is very linked in to the sort of the older members of the party, like Jan O'Sullivan, like Joan Burton. So, but is Aidan or Reardon, if the, if the Labour Party are looking for a new, fresh face to bring them against competition like Sinn Féin, the Social Democrats, Green Party. Is Aidan O'Reardon enough of a fresh face to bring that? See, I, I don't I don't know. Um, I was expecting Jed Nash to run. Um, I, I thought he w- would have been a, a shoo-in to, to actually do very well in, that, in the race, but he seems like he's going to be consolidating his base in Louth um, for the time being. But I wouldn't rule him out for a, a leadership contest in the future. I think he'd be, he's, would be a shoo-in for a future leadership contest between whoever wins this and maybe after the next election. It's a, it's a difficult space though for Labour with the rise of Sinn Féin taking their spot as the, you know, the whole two and a half party system. It's now, this election it was a three party system and Labour wasn't one of them. So it's it's tough to see where they go from here or, or what direction they could be successful in. But... um. I think there was there was mention as well. Uh, Alan Kelly talked about how uh, I can't remember the exact quote he used to, about the Social Democrats. First, their first cousins. Yeah, he called them their first cousins. Um, at the at the the launch yesterday, he was questioned about it, and he was like, he someone questioned him on a merger potentially in the future, but he said it was too early to call something well, like that. Well, Roisin Short, I'll go back into the Labour Party. Yeah. Well, or just a merger between the Labour Party and the Social Democrats. Well, one reason that might benefit them is, again, another point made by one of the candidates, I think it was Aidan O'Reardon, is that the fact that because the Labour Party have gotten below 5% of the vote, like they're so sort of irrelevant in terms that they can't even be, that their conference can't even be broadcast or RTA anymore. They've gotten so low that they, have, they don't even reach that criteria. Mm-hmm. Whereas they merged with the Social Democrats, in their mind, it would make them more relevant again. So is that something that you actually see happening? Well, I mean, like, like, like you said, they're first cousins in policy terms. Like they're very, very similar. Like a, they're a very similar party. Um, whereas I know Social Democrats are really focused on health, and Roisin Shorthall in particular is very focused on implementing Solange Care in the near future. But I, I can't see it happening at the moment or anytime soon because 
Social Democrats hasn't been established for that long. It's only it's a, a recently and, a more recent party. I mean, it was only established after and, after and would they after a, a very positive election want to associate with themselves with which what what has become a somewhat tox, toxic brand to the voters? Would they want to associate themselves with Labour? It's interesting as well. Like how how would it work in like. In like practical terms, how like the name of the party, all this, who the is SDLP. the leader, all yeah, it it it'd be, <laughs> I I I could see them working together in a in a like kind of alliance type form, but I don't, I think an uh, an out and out merger would be very difficult for all sorts of reasons. Well, I mean, like you look at the the Social Democrats has two leaders, and then and then Labour, Labour has one. That's I mean that. That puts three yeah, you, in the in the top spot already. Yeah, like you, it's, you ever don't see Aidan and Alan becoming co-leaders. Like social yeah. Democrats, all right. Um, but one difference between the two parties is their position on forming government. I think, uh, and it's a nice way to link into the fact that we're a week lo- on now, mm-hmm. and we're still no closer to, to knowing who's going to govern us. Because uh, on Thursday we have to vote in a count quorum, and when is it? Hey, they'll, they'll probably they'll probably put in a few votes for the Taoiseach on Thursday as well. Yeah, yeah and there's four there's four names in the half for that being Mary Lou McDonald, who according to the polls is, is the most popular. Yeah. Uh, recent poll put out, obviously Michal Martin, Neil Veracker, and Eamon Ryan is, is supposed to be throwing his ha- name to the hat as well. So, you know, we've been looking at it all week. Is are we any closer to seeing any form of agreement between any parties at all? And if so, what's going to happen? I don't know. Um, actually, to to link it back to Alan Kelly again. He actually said yesterday that he expects to see a Fianna Fáil, Fianna Gael and Green Party government to emerge um, relatively soon. He doesn't think it's going to take as long as it did in 2016, the 70 days it took. He thinks it'll be a bit quicker. Um, even still, I don't know how long that'll take. We're already, yeah, we're two weeks post-general election. We're still waiting to see what sort of happens now. Whether whether or not um, a coalition is formed this quickly, I'm not sure. Uh, just on that, this, the whole this whole Fianna Fáil, Fine Gael, Green uh, coalition has been floated. It was in everywhere over the weekend in all the all the papers. Um, for one, Fianna Fáil are coming off uh, a, a bad uh, election. Michal Martin is being questioned, and he he should have got he should have got far more seats, and sh- he should be in a much stronger position to negotiate a coalition. Fine Gael it appears, are desperate to go into opposition mm. for whatever reason. But there's no point in them going into opposition if Sinn Féin are in opposition as well because that would make them the lead opposition yeah. party. So what's the point for them going into opposition? Well, I don't think Fianna Fáil are going to go into a minority government now. I don't think they, they'll get a conference and supply d- agreement. D- the Greens as well. There's, I know that they have in the past, they, they've gone into coalitions. But there seems to be this feeling that, oh yeah, the Greens will just, the Greens will go in with anyone. I don't think that's necessarily the case, especially when you consider the grassroots of the Greens and the young the young people who are, any any coalition deal will have to pass a, a vote between the members. So I think it's a super majority as well. They need like yeah, it needs to be two thirds of the vote. Yeah, so then do do the Greens then need to bunk in with the Social Democrats? So then if they are in bed with Fianna Fáil or Fine Gael in some way, shape, yeah. or form, whether it's a confidence supply or a straight up coalition, that they need you know those six extra centre left votes yeah. to try well, to bump up their stock. I've heard the, the same rumour if like with Fianna, Fianna Fáil, Fine Gael, and the Greens, there's been another, the rumour floating around that the Social Democrats should go in as well, even though they've already hit um, the over eighty seats that they need for a majority, just to satisfy the change vote that sort of. Yeah. Um, that was put in by by people. I, I think it's interesting as well, the whole you know, 
left coalition was, you know, uh, two or three days after the election, it was the, the, the thing that was being talked about. Then it went away for a while. Sinn Féin seemed to be more interested in trying to set up meetings with Fianna Fáil. But then in the last couple of days, it's actually been interesting. Ono Brin put up a tweet on, uh, it was Saturday, it's Friday morning maybe, um, uh, reading the Green Manifesto uh, on the on the bus, uh, going in, going into a meeting, printed in paper, by the way. And then yeah, I'd hope it's on one of those green buses. Yeah. And then today, uh, the the uh, left wing party Solidarity People Before Profit and Rise are meeting with Sinn Fein. So, and Paul Murphy says he's going to tell them or he's going to emphasise that they shouldn't prop up either a Fianna Fáil or Fine Gael-led government. But here's the thing. Um, Matty McGrath was on primetime, I believe, last night. And he was saying that that, oh, that he might be able to... Nessa Harrigan was there as well from the Green Party. And they were saying so oh, did, that he might be able to agree to a carbon tax, things like that. So in terms of trying to form a left government, they do need the help of independents. And a lot of independents are coming together to try and create some sort of um, negotiating block. The, pro- yeah. the, the only th- rural independents are like sort of forming together now. Exactly, but the only thing you don't really see working about that is whether or not they will work with solidarity people for profit. Mm. So you know, w- would solidarity people for fro- people before profit said had ten times fast um, get into bed with some of the uh, more rural independents if it means that Fianna Fáil and Fine Gael aren't in government. Well, it means they, they just need to, to negotiate the program for government. Like if they have a, if it's if it is an acceptable program for government, I think they would go in. It, that's that's what it's all about. They need to have the. They need to build this program that suits a left wing government. And they also yeah. need Labour as well. Yeah, yeah, but I don't think Labour is going to go in. I mean, like again, Alan, they, Alan Kelly's leadership launch. He emphasised the fact that they don't have a mandate to go into government. They, they mightn't go in, but are they going to be voting against things like, uh, you know, I don't know, a right to housing? Yeah, if, he, if that went before the doll, the Labour Party could hardly vote against. Yeah, it. he he did say that they would vote in favour of policies that are. Um, Effective uh, or policy that they agree with, um, yeah, they would they wouldn't block them um, just because they're not in government. Yeah, a, a minority uh, left wing government, I think, I I don't think it, I think there's a very small chance of it happening. But it would be interest. It it wouldn't last very long either. But it would be interesting if that happened, and you you don't have the independence formally in in the government, but they can vote on a vote a case by case basis for. The, the policies that they're trying to implement. Um, in terms of trying to actually form a coalition, getting the independence, I think it's, I think it would be impossible. It would be, and it would be quite unstable. What would you have to promise, like uh, some of the Aurora, what would you have to promise the Healy Rays or your man, uh, Michael Collins from Cork? What would you have to promise them? Well, I think all I have to do is promise Mike Collins of Cork is the fact that Shane Ross doesn't get back in. That's yeah. what I'm trying to do with him. Would you have to give them... In- well, he's looking for a ministry for fish- fisheries, isn't he? Uh, Michael Collins. Oh, is he? Yeah, looking for a ministry for fisheries. Would you have to give him that ministry? He uh, Minister for, minister for yeah, fisheries? Yeah, I mean, you, you can see already disagreements with the Greens, for example, on, on things like that as well. Mm. So so you're looking at that and everybody's saying that, that two of the main... of the big three parties are going to have to get into bed with each other. Fine Gael are quite happy to let Sinn Féin, they said Sinn Féin, it's on the onus for them to build a government and if not, then Fianna Fáil have to go and build a government. Sinn Féin and Fianna Fáil, Fianna Fáil seem to not want to get into bed with them. So, like, we're still no closer. What I'm, to what I'm wondering all through this is, where is Micheál Martin? I, he has not been visible at all, at least from 
looking at watching the news and reading reading the papers and reading stories online. He is not visible at all. Both Mary Lou and uh, Leo Varadkar are very visible in the public eye at the moment. But Michal Martin is disappearing. Yeah, I think that's interesting. But just another thing on Leo Varadkar, I don't I have no idea what is going on in Fine Gael. Varadkar is coming out and doing doorsteps where he's almost triumphantly uh, saying, "Oh, uh, Sinn Fein, you just have to you just have to form your socialist republican government now." They lost the election. I don't know what they're playing at. They they seem to be delighted to be in opposition. It it just it sums them up. They've been in opposition for uh, most of the hundred years, That's and they they can't run elections. They're abs- they're an absolute disaster at running elections. Varadkar had a horrible horrible election. The Fine Gael in general just did terribly. They just they just couldn't they couldn't go a, two or three days without some kind of controversy happening. Whether that's Catherine Noon or Wait. the plethora of other. But here's the point, though: if Sinn Fein do end up going, uh, having a left-leaning government, and it's in uh, cahoots with Fianna Fáil in some way, shape, or form, that puts Fianna Gael in a great position to point out everything that. Because let's face it, the big thing about Sinn Fein and the Social Democrats, the two big parties that got uh, big boosts, is the fact that they have no record to defend because they've never been in government. Yeah. yeah. So once they get into government and things will go wrong, they always go wrong. No matter who's in power, things will go wrong. Is that not like maybe that's a long-term strategy for Fine Gael that they can keep themselves on the opposition bench so they can pick at what's going on with, with the with the left wingers, so then they can end up rising in three or four years' time if there is another election. Then, I th- yeah, I think you're probably right there. From a strategic point of view, it's probably not the worst thing because they have been in government for nine years or whatever, but. The way they're going about it is just, I, I think it's kind of ridiculous the way they're so brazenly want to be in opposition. It's, uh, I think it's quite, kind of strange. Yeah, that they're, they're completely unwilling to even talk to um, Fianna, Fianna Fáil about forming a government, considering that uh, that probably is the most likely outcome of all this, is that, that it would be a Fianna Fáil, uh, Fianna Gael government of some kind, whether or not the Green Party are involved or the Social Democrats are involved or independents are involved. But... It'll be interesting to see what happens at next week's uh, Fine Gael Parliamentary Party meeting, um, whether or not uh, Leo Varadkar is given a mandate to go out and talk to other parties. Um, I, I, I'd i like to see sort of the fallout from that one. And with, um, in which case, which parties you can talk to. But one final question, I suppose, before, I, um, before we leave off. What seems to be more um, possible as the weeks go on now and the parties just can't seem to agree based on the stuff they said before this election, is the fact that we might just have to, to call it all off and go to another election. As, as unpopular as it might be with a lot of voters who just, who just don't want to go to another election, that is becoming more possible. So if that happens, you know, are we expecting parties to change their tack in terms of how they treat other parties when, when they're looking for a vote? Oh, absolutely. I think Fine Gael would just go all out and attack on Sinn Féin. They would, no holds barred, they would just ravage, they would just proper attacks from day one time. from day one I don't think um, they would leave any punches or throw any punches rather but surely that benefits Sinn Féin but potentially but I, I don't know I, I genuinely don't know what Fine Gael's strategies will look like They're, I was surprised with how they were on the campaign last time um, the very very poor social media videos just did not work out in favour for them I think they thought they would try and capture like a young audience with that but, but it just doesn't it just shows that they, they're kind of out of touch but on, on the on the other hand I'd say Fianna Fáil, yeah, I think Fine Gael actually might want to, you know, go into that space of being more openly, uh, you know, pro, not pro-rich, but pro-people who are 
better off. I, I think Fine Gael have been, because they were in government, they've been trying to, um, you know, uh, speak for everybody, speak as if they're they're working for everybody. But I think if they went into opposition, they would actually, they might actually go in the direction of being more pro-business and more pro, you know, the upper middle class. But um, it's on your question about another election. I I think it, it like judging by the coalition talks, nothing seems to be happening. But you do also have to say that there's 160 reasons why there wouldn't be another election. Like, do the do the Sinn Fein candidates who got elected out of nowhere do they want another election? Probably not. Do some of the independents who got elected want another election? Probably not. But they're not the ones in control, really. Well, so, they're, so they're Leo Varadkar's own. Varadkar does, yeah. Varadkar has the real power here. And, and, uh, and, and d- But do they want uh, another election where Sinn Féin can run, uh, I don't know, 50-odd candidates? It could also be another election like where... 50, where, I'd, where, I'd say more. Where Fine Gael... 50, 60, 70. It could also be another election where Fine Gael run less candidates and get more seats instead of splitting their own vote. So mm. it, it's so there is, a, there is a, a, a bit of up and down. I don't... But then the only major thing is whether or not... <laughs> You know, when Fianna Fáil are saying we won't work with Fianna Gael or Sinn Féin in the election, like they can't seriously, if, they're, if, they're, if there's another election, they can't go and do that again, can they? No, no, no. not a chance. They just, they just can't. Moving on to one of the points that's been made about the election is the fact that people saying that the onus on Sinn Féin and the Social Democrats and all this is not based on what the doll actually is, but based on how well they did in, in comparison to the last doll. It's all in context of the last doll mm. and not in contact with what's actually there. Because if you look what's actually there, Fianna Fáil is the, par- is the biggest party. Labour are just as big as the Social Democrats. The Greens have a big uh, onus. And Fine Gael, are, um, even in the lost seats, there's still a big thing. Whereas, whereas the way that it's been talked about is like, oh, it's all about Sinn Féin and Social Democrats and the Greens and everybody else has got to take a back seat and see what happens. Well, I can understand that that logic because these are parties that have all won seats, have, have won more seats than... Um, like Sinn Féin won monumental. They have 37 seats, which is just absolutely crazy. I remember we were talking about that they would maybe win 30 seats and that would be an unbelievable day. They won 37. The Social Democrats tripled their their seat uh, to six uh, from two and the Greens have done, doubled their best ever result to 12. So, I mean, I, I can... And then, of course, Fine Gael lost seats, Fianna Fáil lost seats, Labour lost, I think, a, a seat. Um so I, that's that's why I think I can understand why they want to take a back seat because they don't have they feel like they've lost part of their mandate to form a government because they don't have as many seats as they had before. So that so does that not make um, a Sinn Fein TD more valuable than a Fianna Fáil TD? Is that not the way it ends up working out? I don't know, but um, well, I mean, again, Fianna Fáil only have one more seat than them because they ran because of the Kian Corla. I mean, he was automatically returned, and he he's I I would be very surprised if uh, if. And he runs again for Kian Corla just because they need that one seat advantage compared it, to Sinn Féin. It is, it is kind of, like you say, it's all about context. But it, if you look at it in, like, just on a sheet of paper, it's kind of farcical the way that, you know, Fine Gael have 35 seats, Sinn Féin 37, Fine Gael 38, or Fine Fáil 38, sorry. And there's this talk about how, you know, Fine Gael have no mandate and Sinn Féin have the mandate, like... I, know, I, like I, an overwhelming mandate they yeah, seem to, they seem to have, think they it's have. It's strange, strange the discourse around it, like you say. But, um, yeah, it's, yeah, it's hard I, to... I, I, I think in this case, it's more momentum has more value than maths. Yeah. Is that yeah. the way it's looked at? Yeah, that, that's, what I, that's what I think. Um, 
Because I mean, the, the momentum that both Sinn Féin, Social Democrats and the Greens have had this election is monumental. Like, it's crazy. Even if you look at any of the, you know, uh, international news about the election, I, I know Sinn Féin won the, you know, first preference percentage or whatever, but it's all, it's all about, it's all about Sinn Féin, you know, winning the election and Mary Lou MacDonald as their leader. Yeah, it's uh, th- that's funny because a friend of mine who uh, lives in England, originally from Cyprus, is saying, oh, I heard about, about your election, Sinn Féin won a landslide. And I'm like, that's not really the way it works over yeah. here. Because yeah. obviously, he's in, the, in the British elect- electoral system, if, if if you win that, if your percentage rises by that much, you're going to get a landslide. But obviously in ours, it doesn't. Mm-hmm. And it's it's so fragmented. But I guess, so what we have to look at now is, um, do, you know, does anybody want to sort of lose momentum by be propping up or being partners with one of the parties that say themselves that they don't have a mandate. Because surely, if you're the Social Democrats, Greens or Sinn Féin, and you're looking at Fianna Fáil and Fianna Gael saying, we don't have a mandate, why would you go into, why would you sort of bring your upper momentum to their flatness? Because they might have a choice. They might just need to go into government to, to form a government or they might need to facilitate a government. Like, I think, I don't know, I think Sinn Féin might be might want to be seen to be trying to form a government. I think that's the case, yeah. And actually, on that point, uh, Owner Brain uh, came out with that video um, condemning the rent increases in yeah. student accommodation. And he's been looked at as, as, as if he's saying, that was a very bold move. It basically looks like as if he's Minister for Housing already. Mm, yeah. yeah, That was quite a confident move. So is that him trying to show confidence to try and keep the momentum going on his side and try to get other parties to say, oh, all right, let's let's let him absolutely. do the housing. His, absolutely. His, Owen Murphy never did that. It's his book is uh, sales are soaring as well. Yeah. He's, well. I think he's donating the the funds to charity. Yeah, yeah he is. Yeah. Um, he's. But then is that not just just cheap PR? It is, but I mean, like compared, it it, it kind of shows like what his record is that he has. He wants to go into into government and be housing minister. He, he wants to he wants to meet with the the each university. It's. He's actually trying to do something. I wouldn't you just call it PR. Yeah. Well. Okay. And then. Well, like I mean, you compare it to you compare it to Owen Murphy, who never really did anything like that. He would never. He would never went and met. Yeah. Universities or engaged sort of that level, except introducing those rent caps, which took a long time as well. It took like guts of six or seven months to even get in. Like, and those those rent caps were we were crying out for rent caps uh, across every student accommodation in the country. I mean, like, you look at what happened in Shenowen two years ago with the Shenowen shakedown and what's even happening this year that the DCU are raising rents to the maximum they can by and 4%. And UCD for three years uh, yeah, as well. Yeah, it's ridiculous. It's ridiculous that this is still going on. But here's the thing with Sinn Féin. So you have the upwards of the four people who are in charge of forming government and Mary Lou McDonald as well. But you have the downwards as well of David Cullinan's up the raw comments. Uh, one TD was... Uh, former tweets linking Israel with Nazism Hmm. um, was released today. So there is, underneath it all, the press around it, at least, is, you know, is still, there's still that moral question around them. So I know you, in in today's thing with the college, uh, edition of the College You column, you were talking about how young voters um, sort of are quite happy to just forget about the past and the moral issues that Fianna Fáil in particular tried to push and vote for change. So, like e- even now with what's come out since the election if we were to have another election in a few months time is is that still going to be the case or have we now seen you know the mask slip on Sinn Féin well that wasn't exactly my point in my uh, yeah, okay. uh, but uh, my point being was that a, a lot of the I, I felt a lot of the coverage around uh, the Sinn Féin vote especially among young voters was very condescending in the way people just put it down to oh 
they they don't know the past. They don't they don't know what's going on. But my point was, people do know about the past, but the issues in the present are so stark for many people in terms of housing, uh, homelessness, and health. They're willing to prioritize the present instead of the past, and that's what was behind uh, a lot of Sinn Fein's uh, vote. And also, I pointed out that. There's been talk about how this was a, a youth quake or whatever. Sinn Féin, according to the exit poll, won every age dem- demographic bar the over 65s. So do do oh do people in their 50s, do they not remember the past? I, I, I find that I that argument very hard to understand. But as well as that, um, we're also Europe's fast-growing economy. I know a lot of people aren't feeling that in their pockets. So it's, is it just a case... Europe's fastest-growing economy, for what though? What What is it about? But, here, but here's, but here's because the, the uh, multinationals are uh, operating here and artificially pumping up the figures. It, it doesn't mean it doesn't mean anything uh, that we're the Europe's fastest growing economy. Okay, so you have the upward of the the left wing populists in Sinn Fein going going out there willing willing to to fix the problems of the present. So what happens if they get into government and it, and it doesn't fix up and something doesn't happen? Does that is that the end? Is that the the end of them? Is oh you're liars as well? Like what happens then? Or are we all well, just sort of confident that it will work? I I think there's a there's a segment of people who obviously believe that Sinn Fein will be able to implement everything and everything will be rosy, but I think there's a, mo- a more realistic people who are are taught who think at least Sinn Fein's the angle they're coming at things from is in the interest of everybody. Of course, there's going to be difficulties, but I think people will recognise that they're they're trying to to solve these problems that the two uh, civil war parties have uh, let run and run. Well, I suppose maybe that's if we were to go back to where we were starting. That's probably where, where the two Labour leaders are probably going to try and and get some ground going in in the, in the future. I think they need to carve out a space for Labour again, um, or at least that's what they're going to try and do. Um, whether by, or not by attacking Sinn Fein, yeah, by I mean atta- by attacking well, the left, yeah, yeah, but by still t- being t- on typi- the left, typical Labour. Well, I mean, like it it, it depends. They're, they're going to need to sort of carve out their own space, and whether or not that's through attacking Sinn Fein or the Social Democrats or whatever. Uh, why not attack uh, Fianna Fáil and Fine Gael? Well, look, maybe they'll do that. I I don't I can't I. Can't can't tell uh, you exactly what Alan Kelly is going to do well, or what Aidan Reid is well, going to do we're to we'll have to see we're certainly expecting a lot of attacks thank you very much to Tig and Callum for joining me again this week thank you very much to Jonathan Lynham who's on the desk and doing a great job as always and on the social media as well that's it hopefully by next week we might actually have a little bit closer be a little bit closer to having a government I doubt it um, but until then uh, safe coalition for you guys. <laughs>